0: Hi, all you split screen listeners. This is Chad Michaelinis from your favorite podcast, Split Screen Gaming Podcast. I just wanted to let you know that Hold and I are doing a trial separation right now. Things have been rough in our relationship, and uh, frankly, he has been sleeping around. So we're in separate states, but we're going to still try to power through this podcast for you kids because we love you very much, and we think it's important that you have two parents in this relationship. But there are going to be some struggles, and you'll hear in this podcast some of those struggles with with audio issues. I forgot my pop filter, so you're going to hear a lot of P's, a lot of T's, a lot of D's, but don't let it scare you. Things will get better, and things will get easier, and just know that we both love you very much, regardless of our separation. Please enjoy this week's episode of Split Screen Gaming Podcast.
1: Oh my gosh, welcome to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, the occasional... Wait, you said you were going to host. What was that? Who said it's your week? It's my week. Is no, it? I want to host, damn it. Alright, fine, you host. No, you already started. Go for it. It sounds No, good. you go for it. No, 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 it's awkward now. You go for it.
0: Hey everybody, shut up! Holden's going to host, so listen up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, the occasional weekly podcast where three lifelong friends correspond with video games from the comfort of each other's homes. Individual individual homes, homes because we made I, that
0: joke like on episode three and you're like no we're in our own homes inside your apartment and It was like now we're actually in our own homes yeah
1: now we are well i technically actually have my grandma's house right now visiting i do like most human I, do beings, too. I have a grandma that's amazing you weren't made yeah. in a test tube i'm so surprised and now one of my grandmas is no longer alive though well same here i'm so sorry i know how it feels man if we
0: combine both our grandmas then we both have two you grandmas. just paused
1: so how we're do doing you? this over facetime
0: now yeah, we're FaceTiming, and there's some kinks and some bugs and some fun stuff we're working out, but... Uh, I also we're excited to fuck to be back!
1: It's Sorry to be late. I stupidly decided to download the, um, a High Sierra beta for my Mac, Yeah, thinking, wait, I shouldn't chance that, because hopefully this was just totally crashed during the podcast. Oh, uh, you... Idiot. Also, limitation of the MacBook, I can't plug in my microphone to record and charge simultaneously. So, Mm. thank God I have 90% battery. Sounds like you need that $79 adapter. Yes. Maybe I'll get it. I don't know. But right now, it's working. No, I need to get it. It's a requirement. I require you to shut up and let's start.
0: Chad, Uh, tell me what games you've been playing this week. Hold on. First, I want to say thanks everyone for sticking with us. Uh, in this trying time of transition, uh, we are late this week for one reason, and one reason only is because I paid Holden to go download Senua's Sacrifice, Hellblade, and play it so that we could talk about it today. And thus far, I have played not that much of it. He has played enough time to have beaten the game. Yes, but I'm so but bad he at it. nowhere near beaten the game. <laughs>
1: I've put alright, i put it maybe like four hours into it. Four to six hours, I would say. I yeah, haven't you been should, like you clocking should be my time. Like in the last area by now. I'm just not I'll tell you right now, I'm just not understanding it. I don't understand the puzzles and how they work. Really? It's, okay, yeah. so
0: let's talk about this. So, yes, this week I've been playing Patapon Like Regular, and mm-hmm. I played and beat Help. Patapon like regular. You play Sinos. that every
1: single week we do this You're podcast. A week. I'm a human being, damn it. You're a weak human being.
0: I'm a very weak human being. (laughs) I need to work out. I work out, and I drink my own pee, sexy, and I'm homeless. So you were saying about Hellblade. Was I? You were saying about Hellblade, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, this game, I feel, is one of the best games of all time. It is one. Wow. Maybe not the best games of all time, but it's definitely one of my favorite games of all time. Uh. It is a short experience. It is like six-ish hours if you're apparently good at this game. (laughs) It is $30. It's made by Ninja Theory. And for those of you who don't know what Hellblade is, it's a PS4 and PC game that is chronicling this Celtic woman, Celtic warriors kind of struggle with psychosis. Um, And she is going deep into this Norse mythology world to try and right a wrong, We're going to try not to talk about spoilers at all on this one, and then after Holden finally beats it, we'll talk about spoilers in a, in a spoiler cast.
1: So I she's let again, down our it audience.
0: Just, it's a game that has the absolute best sound design. I've never really noticed a sound design in a game before, aside from, like, uh, Dear Esther or something like that, mm-hmm. like a, a walking simulator, which just kind of is a walking simulator with combat it's also one of the only console games i've played that has
1: said please play this with headphones
0: yeah and it's because they if you watch this documentary type thing like this 12 minute video that they have included on the main menu uh part of it is the recording process for this because there's always these voices in your head whispering uh like go back go back you're gonna die in there don't go in there no do it don't look down and it's just like this really creepy ass shit so best sound design that I've ever heard in a video game. I
1: would agree with that. That's. I think that's the the story and how they convey the story through her psychosis is yeah. the biggest draw of the game for me. Yeah. It's a combination of the sound design. Also, the visuals for a game that's $30 is oh, super good. I mean, it's a triple-A quality game in that sense.
0: Yeah. they. It's, it's understandable that they're going to be, like, it's on the par of, on par with Horizon Zero Dawn and... Mm-hmm. Uh, like any of those AAA
1: just-released PS4 games. Yeah, that it is,
0: 100%. It's a little easier on them because they're not an open world like Horizon. Well, and sure, fact, yeah, they have
1: like the Uncharted benefit where it's all so guided that they can really tailor the lighting and all that right. for specific moments.
0: And it's these smaller, smaller segmented areas between your Psychosis mm-hmm. episodes. But also what I love is the character animation, like the actress who plays Senua, who is one of my new favorite gaming characters mm-hmm. ever uh she's incredible
1: and if you watch when she little... walks it's like i could watch her walk forever yeah her walking animation's fantastic
0: yeah and she's actually she's not an actress at all she oh really is the video editor at the studio oh that's hysterical and they just had her as a stand-in while until they hired talent and then they're like you know what actually we fucking love your performance will you just be senua for us So that's really cool. Actually, we don't want to pay another person. Can you just be sitting (laughs) for us? (laughs) And then every other character in the game is live action. It's all – they're actually,
1: like, video. Okay, so I was thinking. I'm like, are these graphics that good? Are these people real? (laughs) I couldn't put it together. But they put, like, his – every other character thus far that I've seen at least is some sort of um, vision that she's having. And so they're kind of these, like, distorted images on top of – the game world right in some way so it's distorted enough where i'm like is that real is that really happening is that a real person or is that just cgi you know generated so that's actually it's, interesting it's to a know real life it's, person it's a real life person wow that makes sense because yeah. it is just really just a video that's playing back yeah it's
0: it's a fantastic game has an incredible story and has really great storytelling mechanics that you you can appreciate while you're playing the game but then after you reach the very end of it Mm-hmm. and you find out the crux of this whole game that you've been playing, and then you watch the documentary and understand how all of this research and things like that and actual real-life examples of psychosis go into making the gameplay mechanics of this game. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where like you're enlightened and you're like, oh shit, looking back on this, it's even better than I thought it was while I was playing it.
1: Yeah, I think that for for me, the, the way they handle the psychosis and kind of use that as a gameplay mechanic that is helping you and kind of pushing you in the wrong direction sometimes in a way is really effective. I don't want to go too in-depth with it because I haven't beaten it, so I don't really know the full scope of how they're going to play with it. Yeah. But it's it's really interesting to see experimentation like that. And I feel like it's something that they – this is like a – I guess you'd say it's like a mid-tier AAA game where it's yeah, not their, like
0: – Their aim is to bring back kind of the, the middle-of-the-road, like – the middle class of gaming, like the mm-hmm. Midways and the THQs and things like that.
1: But it allows for experimentation in a way that when you have a gigantic budget of the size of Call of Duty, you're not going to make huge risks. So they were able to take big risks with that, and in that case, I think it's a huge success in, Definitely. in that regard. I wasn't I, – and I'm – at first, I'll say I was not a fan of the combat. So I'm like, oh, this seems really simplistic. But as soon as they added in the, as soon as you start paying attention to like the your the, your voices in your head will be like, watch out in the back behind you, and you're like, oh, I gotta jump right now. Like there's moments like that, or when you uh, you can focus, so like you can kind of focus as like kind of pay deeper attention on something, and that will kind of allow like certain puzzles to play out. But in combat, it kind of freezes everything just a little bit, which is kind of cool. And I've noticed that it does kind of the the dead space thing where there's no HUD, but they kind of use the character to yeah. portray information. So in that focus, um, kind of, I guess, focus counter you can do in combat, there's a little pouch on her back, and it will light up a certain color when it's ready to be used. So I liked those little details, and they never explain any of that to you. It's just something you're kind of like, oh, you just notice it. Right. It's great. It's that's great. kind of another, yeah. another
0: thing that I like about this game is that they, there's no tutorial. The first time you go into combat, you're just there, and you're going to push a couple of buttons. There's If you press the options button, it shows you all of the controls of what each mm-hmm. button does, but it doesn't tell you how to use it in combat, it, which... That is it, one which thing. might be part of the reason why you're sucking at this. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: there's a point in the game where I text Chad and I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I'm really confused. And Chad, Chad knows the part. He's like, Yeah, it's really easy. You run forward. <laughs> like that is all <laughs> you do. But Andrew's I was like, I, I just keep dying on this part. So I think, and I want to play the game in the beginning again because I think what happened is I was, I was uh, trying to find out what the run button was so I could move a little bit faster at a certain point. And I just kept tapping every button, but you have to hold it down. Is what i found out later on so i'm like oh there's no run button i can only walk it's probably like a cinematic thing that makes sense (laughs) it's not true there is a run button i was just overthinking it and so i get to this part where i knew exactly where to go but because i wasn't running i'd get just about where i needed to be and then i'd die and i'm like okay what am i doing wrong (laughs) i don't get this i tried it (laughs) i have so there's um there's a permadeath mechanic where you will see this rot building up her arm as you die, from that one part alone, the rot was halfway up her arm. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking that's like, crap with this. Per- well, with this permanent mechanic, I'm thinking crap. I failed so miserably. This one little simple thing that might totally screw me in the end game. Yeah, not
0: looking yep. forward to that. Although that's a
1: that's an interesting
0: mechanic that I really love, and we'll talk more about it in the spoiler part uh, that we do.
1: Yes, I, so late, like in a week or so. Are you saying because it ties into the story in some way? Because I actually have a new story about yeah, it does. the permadeath it does. mechanic, and I might as well just share it right now. So it I, it, it ties into it, yeah. So there's there's a, a guy in the uh, Game Informer who wanted to test and see how many tries it took to get the permadeath like for it to actually happen, and he tried yeah. so many times he just gave up. He tried fifty we'll talk times. More about it. He died fifty part. times in a row. And still didn't yep. get the permadeath. So, is it really a mechanic? Or is they just, are they really generous with it?
0: It is a mechanic, but not quite in the obvious way you think it is.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. We'll talk more about it in the spoiler part. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: what else have you been playing?
0: The, well, I just wanted to touch on one no, last thing. No more
1: no more about Hellblade. Shut up.
0: The the combat, I feel... I
1: said shut up. <laughs> is,
0: <laughs> I'm not listening to you. We don't fight on this podcast. <laughs> uh, the combat, I feel, is kind of like Dark Souls Light a little bit, where you do have to kind of time it really well with what they're doing. It's not difficult at all. It's simple. That's why I call it light. Um, but it does take as you get more and more enemies fighting you at once, like two or three, or in later parts of the game, a lot more enemies at once. It's There's more than three that. enemies? Oh. Uh, yeah. Three it, has been tough. Managing that gets really... It, it takes skill. It's one of those mm-hmm. things that it's, it's a simple mechanic, but it takes skill to master. Yeah. And...
1: I'm Part already having is, a hard time with the guys with the shields. They are really tough.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll learn to get better at those. But okay. the the combat itself I do feel gets a little repetitive throughout the end of the game and it falls into the same crux as every other video game ever where once you get towards like the later parts of the game, there I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say anything. I'm actually going to hold off on that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a little simple but it does take skill. I think that's all I'm gonna say. I think okay. that's all I'm gonna say. I think everyone, if you have a PlayStation 4 or PC, it's half the price of a regular game. It is three times as good as the average game, mm-hmm. at least. So you should absolutely buy it and try it out. Yeah.
1: I think that I think you like it a lot more than I do. But I also haven't beaten it yet, so I don't really kind of know what the revelations are at the end. Oh yeah, you are you are so,
0: absolutely in the first twenty 25 percent of the game.
1: But it is definitely for that price point. It's something I kind of feel like you have to get, just as even if you don't like the game when you're playing it, just to support the idea of experimentation with developers and this kind of model of, of a game. I think it's a really important mo- that games can hold on to that model, because I think there's a lot that can help that industry move forward by having these really experimental half-price games. Yeah. So, it's, it's, an, be, it's absolutely an important game, despite the mechanics and all that, just for its place in the industry.
0: To be clear, when I was at the point that you are at currently in the game, yeah. I was like, man, this game is gorgeous. It's it's pretty cool. Combat feels pretty good. Uh, I'm not quite understanding anything about the story. I don't really know what's going on. Okay, I'm glad you're saying that because I don't
1: understand the story too much. When you started saying um, she's yeah. on this journey to uh, to right a wrong, I'm like, she is.
0: Yeah, you you are nowhere near okay. into this game. That's good. That's good. So keep playing. Keep playing. All it. right. Cool. And just be better. That way you're not gonna spend like 50 <laughs> hours suck. on this six hour game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's that. I think that's all I've been playing. I've resigned myself to giving up on Final Fantasy XII. Really? Why? Not because I don't like it at all. It is I too really, long of really a game. I really, like it. I just, I know I'm not going to have time for it. Yeah. Because Uncharted is coming out next week.
1: Oh, crap. Rabbids that's is right. coming
0: out the week after. Destiny 2 is coming out the week after, and it just, it snowballs. So I know that at least in 2017, I'm not going to, I just stopped trying on Final Fantasy XII said I'm not going to be able to finish this, finish this.
1: Damn. I had forgot yeah. that Uncharted and Rabbids is coming out, and then next month Metroid's coming out. I have to pick one of those games to get. Yep. That's and gonna you're gonna to s- pick Rabbids. I actually am leaning towards Metroid. Yes.
0: do Rabbids. No, do Rabbids. I'm leaning towards Metroid. Oh my god, I'm a sweaty little baby bird in here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've also been keep playing... The,
0: the AC off because it's hot as shit, but it makes noise.
1: I've Woof. been playing a little bit of the new No Man's Sky update as well. Uh huh, uh huh. It is absolutely worth it if you own the game to try it out. Yeah. And if you were, I'll say, if you knew what No Man's Sky was going in and you were let down by it, this is the update for you. If you didn't like No Man's Sky to begin with, it doesn't matter. I have a question for you. Yes. Does this update. First of all, just
0: go ahead and just detail what this update does. So, I haven't seen like everything. A, one of your news stories. I
1: haven't seen... Yeah, well, this is actually... We'll just start with the news at this point, because this is one yeah. of the news stories. So, No Man's Sky got got updated, and the... I'd say the biggest things that are in it are a story. There's actually a story in the game that's 30-plus hours long. Okay. And I've I started doing that a little bit, and it's a story exactly the way a No Man's Sky game should be, where it's very hands-off, and... It's kind of more of like, all right, I got to this this galaxy or this uh, this uh, solar system, and immediately got a message um, like a uh, um, a distress call from one of the planets, and I need to go there, and I go there, and it's like this alien race who's like, oh my god, I'm so glad that that you found my my ship. I'm not there right now i left that a while ago but you need to find my location i don't know where i am so you have to like fly to different planets and like triangulate the location to find this person and i found him and that's kind of where i left off so it was it kind of added more context to your journey as opposed to taking over the game with like a whole different thing altogether. so it still kind of lives like if you were playing no man's guy for like 50 hours and then started the story it would kind of just be like your journey to the center of the universe, and then something happened on your way to the center of the universe, and that's kind of calling your attention. So, they, they handled yeah. integrating the story well. The other thing that they, they do in the game, and this is the bigger one, I think, honestly, more so than the story, is they absolutely revamped the procedural generation system for developing the worlds. And they okay. are a lot more interesting. Like, a lot more interesting. You go to planets and one thing is you can do low altitude flight now. So you can actually like fly down to like the surface as opposed to like it pushing you back up as soon as you get too close to the bottom. So you can like crash your ship and there's more diverse animal life and there's like full on like forests and trees and much more diverse planets themselves. They finally um, delivered on the promise of having a desert planet and they can vary as well. And like kind of what kind of sands they're using, what kind of rock formations that you see on those planets. Um, and it has made going to new planets a lot more exciting. Like I'm okay. ha- I'm a lot more genuinely curious about what I'm gonna find, because so far each planet I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Each planet is something kind of cool about it. There was a glass planet. It was a planet made out of glass, and it was like this reflective surface. It was so sick. I loved it. Okay. Um the other things, and this is I think for me it's not a big deal, but for a lot of people I think it's gonna be a big deal there's quasi multiplayer in it now where you yeah people can finally meet each other they can finally meet each other but they meet these orbs to represent each character and they can't necessarily interact with you like you couldn't like shoot each other or something like that but it's kind of more of like to explore with someone else and you can talk to them
0: with what are the chances of finally running into somebody because it used to be there their infinite number of planets and even the, f- the likelihood that you would come across a planet somebody had already named was next to nothing.
1: Well, so here, here's again where it's kind of cool. So you could totally just happen upon a, a, uh, a person there, but there are also portals on every single planet now. And those portals have, like, an IP address. So you can just warp to different planets if you wanted to. So, like, I was on Reddit and someone said, hey, I found a really cool planet. Here's the address to get there. And so, I could just kind of like walk through the portal and go right to that planet, and I could meet players when I'm there.
0: Okay. Does that take away the core gameplay element of gather resources, build up your ship, and then fly closer because now you'll just be able to warp wherever the fuck so you want as long as you have an IP address. It does
1: It does kind of affect that because I totally saved an image to my phone that's like, this is only one warp away from the center of the of the universe. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to go there at some point. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It does. But, again, the whole game has been about player choice to begin with. So you can yeah. choose to do this if you want to, but you also don't have to. Like, I've really been spending some time on the, on the uh, Reddit, and there's apparently something called the Galactic Hub, and it's nothing that that the uh, that Hello Games made. It is purely an area of the galaxy that is of interest to Redditors, and so they kind of spend a lot of time in that little section of the of the All galaxy. Right.
0: Well, I can tell you one thing: you're not going to play. This will it. never let me play. <laughs> uh, but it's I, not I will never be convinced to. to play this game. But does it? So I've. I've they finally added features that make this a game. Yeah. It is now a game. It has a story. You can interact with people. Mm-hmm. Does it do that well? Is it a good game? So I have it simply just
1: a game? I, I haven't done the multiplayer aspects yet. Again, I haven't had much time to to play with it. But okay. from what I have played, I really felt like the promise of the game was a lot more fulfilled than it's ever been. I'm not saying it's fully fulfilled yet because I haven't played a whole lot of it but I was pretty impressed by by what I saw playing it. Like They've even revamped Space Combat and how Space Combat works. It's been great. This has been long for a news story though. We're about to kind of talk about this later on so we'll leave it at that for right now. Why don't you give me two news stories because I spent a lot of time on that. Two
0: news stories. Okay, I'm going to make them quick ones since they're two and they're just games that have been kind of released or announced Mm -hmm. or not at all. Okay. Uh, technical glitch there, but hey, what's up? We're back. So, Okami HD coming to PS4. It's a rumor right now, but coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC, which would make it a re-release of a re-release, because technically this game came out on PS2, and then it got an HD re-release after it came out on the Wii as well, oh, yeah, and then it came right. out on PS3 and Xbox 360 as an <laughs> HD remake, and now it's coming again to PS4, so if you want to buy it again you have plenty of options of ways to buy it uh but again it's just rumored but
1: it'll probably it happen
0: uh that next one is speaking of re-releases fallout 4 is getting a game of the year edition yes. and they are re-releasing the pip boy edition so if you really wanted that thing to go on your arm and hold your smartphone i did think that, you that got got was a reason super to buy it. cool i mean yeah, it was cool i would never buy it but it was very very
1: cool exactly sit on the shelf i would wear it once yeah also, Fallout totally invented, or Bethesda totally invented the smartwatch. Nope. That's how it is, yep. All right. Nope. So I got a story for you. Speaking of... Uh, Go!
0: Tell me your story. What's so, your story? What did you eat today? Who are your
1: friends? Tell me <laughs> your life. Here's my uh, misleading headline of the week, and that's the uh, new 2DS outsells the, the Switch. And that makes it seem like it's like, whoa, like it must have been by a huge margin because the Switch has been selling so well. Well, there were supply shortages for the Switch. There weren't really any to be sold. Yeah. (laughs) Also, the numbers aren't that big. So it sold in Japan. This is specifically in Japan. The Switch sold 25,000 in Japan, again, because there aren't probably that many of them to be sold. And the new 2DS XL sold 36,000 in its first week. That's terrible. (laughs) Whoa. that's not good at all but they're like making it seem like it was this great grand thing wow the 2DS sold yeah. so well that was my like, reaction when I first saw the headline but it's so disingenuous it's really not accurate yeah but it's out and it basically I think with sales that low initially I, at launch I bet people clicked on that article too oh absolutely that was why that headline was written that way but I think that it shows that if the 2DS is at launch not selling this well it's because people are kind of done with the, the DS brand and they want Switch yep. everything so
0: speaking of DS that new 3DS game, you know that Metroid, you know that Metroid, know Samus that Metroid. Returns.
1: Now that one I would get.
0: Now, they're, well, they're getting you a, a new Nintendo 3DS that's themed mm-hmm. with Samus on the front, and it kind of looks sexy as hell. It's really
1: great looking, absolutely.
0: Uh, I'm not going to get one, but so it's I'm great also looking. never going to play again, so. <laughs> uh, but also, in addition to that, the big debacle over requiring the Metroid Amiibo in order to unlock hard mode yeah. is not real. Hard mode is in the game. No, so it but is. if you want fusion mode. Yes, yeah. You need an amiibo. So, yes, there is a harder, hard mode that is only unlockable with an amiibo. But there's a regular hard mode for everyone else. What is else. up
1: with Nintendo putting harder difficulties
0: behind paywalls? It's not even a paywall. See, I would be okay with it it's if a... it were a paywall.
1: You if weren't okay were something... with it when Zelda had the paywall for the harder No, difficulty. this is different. This is different.
0: <laughs> if it's DLC that I can get on demand, yes. However, Amiibo are notoriously out of stock all the time everywhere. And that good is luck true. And pre-ordering one of these. It's impossible. It's not just a paywall. it's You literally have to fucking hunt it down. And, and some people who want to do this, literally, no matter how much money they throw at it, won't be able to, unless they buy it for like $400 on eBay. And this is
1: hitting me right now, but this is the more frustrating part about it too. Amiibo just unlocks it in the game. You have bought software yeah. that includes that fusion mode difficulty. I mean, but you that's can't do nothing it.
0: new though. That's nothing new. That's
1: been happening for a decade now. Well, it's unfortunate.
0: Yep. So I'd be okay with it if it were DLC, but.
1: Well, I got some very important Nintendo news for go, you. Go go! Tell me that news. And that is that the sprat, the splat Brella is coming sprat. to Splatoon too. It's the. It already came, didn't it? Yeah, it already came at this point. So it is. It's just kind of part of uh, them updating their games with free kind of content on a monthly basis. Yeah. And this is the new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, a little yeah, umbrella, yeah, yeah. and it shoots ink, and it defends you from ink, and you can shoot the the umbrella part like the uh outwards to kind of like a rocket forwards it's very cool it's fun don't care <laughs> very important story just kidding just and kidding then i care story.
0: because it makes you happy
1: <laughs> uh, but on a more important note the pokemon developers have spent a little bit of time talking about the pokemon rpg coming to switch did they really
0: they did i missed this what was that was a little bit of a time just like reinstating
1: that it exists again or did they actually give details so they kind of talked a little bit about like their intentions more behind it and the 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 crux of it is that they want to see how people use the switch so they make they can make a game based on how people play it so they can play it more at home or they can play it more portably on the go and they want to kind of tailor it around that experience
0: controller
1: I think that's a big part of it yeah Gotcha So and then they kind of read through, I think this is a fun part, they read through some user, the, it was a video on Game Informer, and they were showing, a, um, like, forum comments and stuff like that yeah. on what people wanted in, in the game, and someone said they wanted an open-ish world RPG where you gotta collect them all, and their exact words were, we're working on it. I don't know if they intentionally meant to say we're working on it to the open-ish That's... world part that's that's the that's the the game it's the pokemon games have always felt very linear to me you walk in this general direction they'll loop you back if you need to go to a certain spot openness world could mean something different which means you are trying to experiment a little bit i honestly kind of doubt it i really think we're going to see something that looks very similar to a 3ds game but just it higher resolution will. that's what i think it's going to look like and
0: it's not going to come next year
1: if, if this is how they're talking about not, it right now, if they're it's talking, to come talking this year. about
0: we're studying to find out how people use this switch while it's mm-hmm. in their hands. Yeah, it's
1: not coming next year. Yeah. Now they could, to be fair, they could be saying, okay, we want to tailor based on how people play it. We might not include some of the Pokemon contest bullshit that they've included in past Pokemon games or because the beauty contest. Oh, some... I hate that stuff so much. It's such a waste. But people love it. People do love it. I just don't. All right. So, maybe they're just talking about like getting rid of that kind of stuff because it won't work as well on a home console, but it works better on the go. I don't know. But we'll see.
0: Two things. Speaking of Pokemon, Mewtwo comes to Pokemon Go very, very soon. So, if you still play that like I do and you're a great person, keep an eye out for exclusive raids that you need an invitation to. God damn it, Holden. Will you fucking stay connected for one goddamn minute? I'm going to start recording again. I'm recording again. So, yeah, go catch that Mewtwo go catch that Mewtwo. It's coming out. Exclusive Raid. You need an invitation to get it. Uh, you get an invitation by having previously beat that raid already, but it, it will tell you well in advance, hey, Mewtwo's or a Pokemon is going to be at this raid at this time of day on this date. So I'm pumped as fuck because I got all three of them legendary birds. Got that Zapdos, that Articuno, that
1: Moltres. You got a fourth um, legendary bird as well. Yeah, I mean, I got Lugia. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about that one. Golden silver. And speaking sucked.
0: of how people use their Switch, if you like swiping on it and you only like to swipe on it, go download uh oh shit, what's the name of that game? What's the name of the game? Severed. Go download Severed. It's coming in Nintendo Switch. Might already be out by the time I said this. I think it is. Came out for Vita and it was fucking great. Platinumed it. Yep. It is a
1: handheld only game on the Switch.
0: Exactly. Um i assume because it's all swipe controls it came out on ios too but it was also it's guacamelee the guys who make guacamelee super giant i think is the name of the drink box really great studio hey hey, hey! tell me something else do you want a story for me chad so oh my god god
1: i swear it crashed to again if you quit
0: this whole oh my god
1: this ain't working. oh my god Sorry everybody for my technical difficulties. TDS, titties. At that time, I did say some expletives as it crashed. I was very frustrated with that last one because it's very frequent now, and I hope this is not an ongoing problem. So, is my turn? Yeah, it's my turn to story right now. Yeah. So go. There's a Planet of the Apes game coming out in the fall. <laughs> yeah, there is. And it's being ne- the executive producer is Andy Circus, and I can't wait because I bet it's terrible.
0: I've actually heard, like, there have been people who have played it at events and things like that, and it actually is getting really, really good impressions and previews. Really? Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, you don't worry about combat or anything like that. It is very much a telltale game. There's no exploration to it. It's just following a story, and you're making a decision in the story every 15 to 20 seconds, they said. But it is, yeah, there's, it's not like a traditional, you're monkey walking around shooting. Apparently it's... Close to, they're trying to get as close to photorealistic as they can, but apparently it's very good. What what they've got is very good, and it's going to have a lot of really branching. Yeah, the narrative. The
1: story takes place between um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes as well. Yep. Has this been announced before? Because this is the first time hearing of it.
0: They they a while ago they said that they were working on a game in the Planet of the Apes universe,
1: but yeah, people okay. have played it before. All right, that's interesting. Cool. And the only other story I have is that Deathmatch is coming to Overwatch. cool yep which is <laughs> well i just remember playing i remember starting it up and thinking because like, there was that free trial a little while ago i think it's kind of weird to have deathmatch death it's been out for over a year now and i'm surprised it took this long to get deathmatch but it's finally there
0: well, i'm just gonna blast through some stories here yeah number one valve released a new uh, announced a new game it's a card game based on dota people are pissed
1: really pissed did you see the number video two. where they booted it as soon as it was announced
0: i did yes <laughs> number two PS4 firmware update 5.0 is reported to, in- to include enhanced streaming in 1080p for PS4 Pro owners. No one cares. Number three. <laughs> uh, four days before release, Sonic Mania, which is now released, got delayed on PC for, I think it was two weeks. You'll get Sonic 1 on Steam for free if you get it, if you pre-order it. Uh, number four. How many fingers is that? That's four fingers prompto the vr experience for final fantasy 15 is not ever coming out
1: yeah i heard about that
0: they just said oh no it was a tech demo could you imagine having two prompto downloadable episodes number five <laughs> dragon quest 11 sales were misreported last time we talked about it they actually sold more on ps4 than 3ds that makes much uh, more sense. Yeah. The the reason is that it didn't include digital numbers, which are in Japan. It's also only in, out in Japan. But in Japan, people are much more likely to buy games digitally on PlayStation than they are on their handheld 3DS.
1: Interesting. Um, You'd think they want to have more digital games on their handheld console that they take around think with them. But they're still smart for downloading up more on anyway. Physical media, so. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then finally. If you want EA properties on your Switch, which everyone does. Who doesn't want to play a watered-down version of Mass Effect on your Switch? If you want it, buy FIFA. Because they they have said that their Nintendo Switch support is dependent upon uh, that's their a, existing titles that they have
1: coming out and the demand for it. That's a terrible idea because I'm not going to buy FIFA if I'm a Mass Effect player. I mean, there's a cross-section of people who will, but... There are... Sports games are very decisive. There are people who just like sports games or people who hate sports games. I don't think there's a lot of people in between. They shouldn't rely on FIFA for something like that. I hate that kind of stuff.
0: Fucking FIFA. Nobody plays FIFA No, I mean, everyone plays... Oh, yeah,
1: in America, I don't think many people play (laughs) FIFA. But globally, it's huge. You're globally huge.
0: Oh, one more! Hey! Chad, do you like Xbox achievements? Do you only play one game ever, like Overwatch or Halo multiplayer? Well, you might be getting more because they are fundamentally overhauling achievements on microsoft's platform uh no real details other than they're trying to figure out a way to be more inclusive to those who don't play a variety of games but rather focus on one game as their sole game so (laughs) if you are an overwatch player and that's all you play for hundreds and hundreds of hours they want to give you a way to celebrate that and award you for that as well as the person who plays 10 hours of 50 games i'm
1: interested in what that could be it could be something as simple as you can get the same achievement multiple times by accomplishing it multiple times or something like that or procedurally generated achievements who knows procedurally generated
0: achievements no that wouldn't work because then there's sure. no there's no there's no like measure of skill like if i got a random ass achievement i can't know i, like I guess how I, should cla- I should, I should, clarify, I should clarify
1: it should be like ongoingly procedure uh generated achievements meaning that like there's like a get 10 headshots achievement which then unlocks like another set of like get a hundred headshots a thousand headshots ten thousand headshots and it kind of just builds and builds your build yep oh holden tell me what's next uh next we're gonna be talking about based based basically based on like no man's sky and how that's been doing you said base three times right now base 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 based and basically on basically on No Man's Sky because the question is can bad games that were either released bad become better and kind of get an audience back or as you kind of even ask as well could a franchise go bad or return from being bad to good again
0: so i'm going to start small yeah and i'm going to say that i'm just going to ballpark a number out there 75 percent of the games that release nowadays on modern consoles mm-hmm. are worse versions than the ones they become six months later whether it's by patching due to bugs yeah or literally half the content comes in a day one patch mm-hmm. or whether it is by adding more content for free
1: i guess i'm more referring to situations like mass effect or no man's guy where there was a lot of hype going into it right and it completely failed expectations can those games get an audience back after kind of fixing their issues
0: so aside from the smaller scale ones yes you do have the big ones that they tanked due to critical reviews because they i guess i can't really think of anything in recent memory aside from mass effect or no man's sky that misled people with expectations or the game just was a lot worse than anyone thought it would be mm-hmm. um but I think it has a way to win over, critically, yeah. and it has a way to win over existing players mm-hmm. or maybe those who are on the fence, yeah. but if someone has already made up their mind, like myself, like I'm never going to go back and play any, either one of those games, Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a way to come back from that. So everybody has, from the first review they read, or the first crazy ass video like people still talk about assassin's creed unity how people just don't have faces in that game and they're just disgusting terrifying looking eyeballs <laughs> i didn't know uh, about that kind that. of stuff follows you yeah that kind of stuff follows you and when people think of unity that's what they think of now even though that happened to a fraction of players only on pc so
1: let's come back to that because that kind of falls into the franchise category a little bit yeah but like I, I for me i think it depends a lot on how involved the studio wants to be post bad reception I think that's kind of where, going back to the whole No Man's Sky, Mass Effect comparison is going to play out pretty well, I think. Where, for the fans of Mass Effect who kind of still believed in it, but still wanted to see something come up. Hello Games constantly releasing new updates that added major new functionality that pretty much changed the way you play that game. That improved it, and they're starting to get an audience back again. Whereas Mass Effect is kind of like, well... We're not going to support DLC. Oh, actually, there wasn't any DLC. Anyway, we're just not doing anything. The game's done. We actually might not do Mass Effect anymore. And if you look at those two kind of comparisons, Mass Effect probably, I think, could have gotten an audience back again if they had decided to put more effort into fixing the issues because the franchise does have a fantastic reputation, but they decided to drop it instead. So they lost any chance that they were going to get any sort of fan base back. Well, they they did, they did fix. They fixed a hand a lot of the shit, right? Not so. But they kind of did is they retouched up some of like the facial animation stuff. But like, people also had problems with the story and how kind of just dumb the story was in comparison to other Mass Effect games. They sure. talked about uh, the characters not being nearly as strong, and that was the highlight of Mass Effect was the characters. So yeah. like, things like that. To be fair to to EA it's easier to go into No Man's Sky and add a few things. It's a lot harder to go into the story that you've already created and characters you've already created and make them better.
0: Yeah, there there are two big differences I see in those two franchises. One is No Man's Sky took something that was boring and shitty and was nothing and then added a game to it, whereas Mass Effect was already a full-fledged developed game Mm -hmm. that they can't just go back and fundamentally change it. Otherwise, it becomes a different game. Uh, whereas No Man's Sky just wasn't a game to begin with. So it's suddenly a different story. It's different characters. It's a completely different experience than what Mm -hmm. people started playing that game with, which and some games could work to their benefit, but I think it would change too much, and they have too many other things going on. Yeah. EA does uh, in particular. They have too many other things Mm -hmm. going on that it's not worth the resources or the time to figure that out. Sure. Instead, they said, hey... We already said it's not going to be part of a new trilogy. We might as well just cut the rope, abandon ship. and
1: I still think that they could have used the Mass Effect name with another spin-off kind of name, like Andromeda sure. or something else, it's... and then keep doing that. Whereas, like, in, according to your point of like, Assassin's Creed Unity, they're still releasing Assassin's Creed games. They have a new one coming out this year because they didn't give up on the franchise. And they said, we messed up right. this one time, but we know that people still care about this. We just need to get our act together. Right. And do this and properly. And I think it
0: comes down to a, a cost-benefit analysis, too. Like, for Assassin's Creed or for Mass Effect, Assassin's Creed is annualized. Hey, we can just get it right again next yeah, year. That's a good point. Or, Mass Effect
1: is not. It might be right, five so, years before we so, even hear anything about a new Mass Effect game. That's, a, that's right. a long stretch, but still.
0: But Mass Effect, at least the resources at EA, and they've already relocated the resources to other things, um, but they have to think to themselves, is it worth putting all these resources into this, or should we transfer for these people to work on Anthem or work on Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars or anything else like that and then come back to a different, completely separate installment of Mass Effect in a few years? Whereas, Hello Games, they have Joe Danger, they have No Man's Sky. Mm -hmm. And if No Man's Sky tanks, well, they're like, well, we don't really have anything else right now. We could start from scratch on something else, or we could turn this into something for some dedicated players to have fun in. Yeah. And I think, honestly, they had no choice than to make No Man's Sky better. Because if they were to just cut and run and make something new, they would forever be seen as the people who fucked up a game... And no one's ever going to trust them again. Yeah. But if they go and they take this game and they work on it and they listen to fans and they make it better, suddenly they've earned a lot of their reputation back.
1: I was thinking the same exact thing. And I actually saw people talking about that exact topic on Reddit. And the consensus seemed to be, yeah, if Hello Games ever releases another game again, I'll wait a year and see what it turns into. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems that like people now trust that Hello Games will stand by their games, but they don't necessarily trust that they'll release a great game at launch. Which right. I guess honestly isn't the worst reputation to have, that you're at least you know going to stick to your guns, but it's. I feel like if more developers took that approach that Hello Games took, I think it would have a more positive outcome on some of these franchises. That's at least my my view on it because I I don't like the fact that EA just kind of said, "Fuck you guys, we're done with the." I mean, they didn't say "fuck you guys." I mean, it wasn't quite that right. like we hate our fans. But it's just kind of like, well, this isn't worth it anymore. Business decision. we're just going to get rid of it. And it kind of goes in that whole like art versus business. And art, I think the. I'm not saying that Hello Games are artists, but like they definitely took the more like artistic approach of this is something that we care about. Let's keep investing in that. EA took the business approach. So. Right. Well, it
0: makes sense given the size of the company.
1: Yeah. And it's what they have on the three line. Three people. And Hello Games, absolutely. So what about your other proposition to this and that was involving so yeah, can, sonic-
0: a, can a bad franchise suddenly become good so give us an
1: example and, of that i feel like you have a like absolutely sonic specific mania. game sonic mania
0: mean. just came out i have not played sonic mania i do not plan on playing sonic mania but i am i'm fascinated that this game has finally it's made by fans of sonic to actually create a new sonic game that kind of captures everything that they loved about the the originals i didn't love anything about the original. Okay, so it is a
1: new game.
0: It is a new game, Okay, I had this
1: impression that it was like a rehashed collection of old Sonic games and stuff.
0: No, there, I think there are some like remastered levels in it. Okay. Or like similar levels from other games, but it is critically getting 8.5s, 9s, sometimes even higher than 9s on other sites, which is awesome. That's great for Sonic. This is, the uh, people are calling it the best Sonic game of all time. From a game franchise that started out strong back in the days of Genesis, and then people started to realize, oh, these aren't that good. There are much better things out there. And now it's always, it's been popular the last 10 years to shit on Sonic, mostly because Mm -hmm. the last 10 years of Sonic games have been shit.
1: Really shit. But,
0: yeah, like the Dark Beast one, or (laughs) Go to the Olympics, and... Or, God, the 3D platformer ones. I went back and played Sonic Adventure in college when they re-released it for PlayStation, and I was like, this is not good. This is a terrible game. But I played that a lot as a kid. This
1: kind of puts Sonic in a delicate place, though, because this is one of two Sonic games coming out, the other of which is a 3D platformer Sonic game, which have historically always been bad.
0: Right. And from my understanding of it, the Sonic Forces game is a Sega proper game. And the Sonic Mania game that is getting so much love and attention is a game more of like a fan service. Like, there are a couple of people who said, hey, we want to make a Sonic game that's like the ones in the past. Obviously still it's from good. Sega. Obviously it's still under Sega's umbrella, but I don't think that this one got the push that, so- that Forces is getting. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is kind of like the hobby project that actually turned out to be, oh, shit, this is really good.
1: It's going to make Sonic Forces, Forces look bad. I'm calling it right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. There's
1: no way Sonic Forces is going to come out being like, actually, I'm sorry, this is the best Sonic game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> don't see that happening Granted, I'm, I have a very unfair view of Sonic games Because I've never played one before You've never played a Sonic game? I played one of the GBA, actually, take that back I played one of the GBA
0: Wow Yeah. How did you go through? I feel like it's a rite of passage You
1: yeah, gotta remember, as a kid, I did
0: not play that many video games Like, everyone got in their first fight Everyone,
1: like, gets shot for the I have first time I've still never time. been in a fight Because we don't fight on this podcast, Chad
0: yeah, but you've done things aside from this podcast. No, this is my whole life right here.
1: I just, I just wait in this microphone until you come back and we start recording again. <laughs> I don't even play these games. I just make up my experiences.
0: So what kind of franchise is there that you really like, that you know is shit, that you would love to like actually make a turnaround and, and be critically accepted? I just thought of this right now. So I didn't prep you. I didn't prep myself. Yeah, no, that's fine. Is there a franchise out there that... Um, you would love to see turn itself around.
1: That's a really tough question, actually. I would say that. I mean, I you actually want to know Metroid because Metroid kind of fell flat on its face with Other M.
0: Oh, Other M, and then f- what's the uh, Federation the sh- Force? Stupid Federation Force. Yeah. Why
1: did they release that? Like we know people have been clamoring for a new Metroid game, so here's a weird one with giant bobbleheads. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's one franchise, and it seems like they're doing it. I mean, the new Metroid coming out next month looks awesome, and just the fact that Metroid Prime 4 is coming out is a great sign. But I don't really know if those games are going to turn the franchise around because they haven't come out yet. But I think that is one that I definitely would be be hoping for a lot. And apart from that, um, I mean, we just talked about it, Mass Effect. I want to see Mass Effect come back in a good way. So a little side note, I got very excited because I got home to um, to Rhode Island, and I'm like, oh, my Xbox 360 is here. I got Hitman Absolution, I got Red Dead Redemption, I got um, the, the first two Mass Effect games, a bunch of other stuff, and I turn on my Xbox 360 and Red Ring of Death. And now I'm like...
0: Oh, no.
1: And now I really, really want to get Mass Effect back again, but I still want an HD version, but I want a good HD version.
0: Yeah. I, I want a good Kirby game. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. I want... I want a Kirby game like a new one Kirby coming out. Superstar or Kirby Dream Course. Yeah, but they've all been garbage and a half. Okay, but there's a new one coming out for the Switch the next Super year. Nintendo. Yeah, but you don't know if it's gonna be bad or not yet. I want that. I want it to be good. Okay. I want a good Kirby game. Mm-hmm. It's been decades since we've had one.
1: Yeah, that's mine. It's gotta be another franchise, though. I mean, Zelda really dropped the ball.
0: Yeah, they've they've. From Skyward Sword to Breath of the Wild, it's time they had a win.
1: <laughs> I say that jokingly, but games. you do actually think that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I say it jokingly because I never played Skyward Sword, but Skyward Sword wasn't great. I mean, it was a, it's a it's it's a really good game, shit. but for
1: the standards of the Zelda franchise, it's it doesn't hold up. I don't think. Yeah, some of the dungeons are fantastic, though.
0: All right, hey, speaking of uh, Zelda, let's get into our subscriber interrogatives. Yeah, absolutely. We have an interrogative from Travis Manning. You guys might remember him from episode
1: four three i don't remember exactly which episode it was i don't
0: know one of the early he was our first guest uh he says here's a question or thought for you guys i finally got a ps4 and going through uncharted 4 when i realized i've been spoiled with motion controls by nintendo for aiming in games what are your thoughts on motion controls when done properly like splatoon and zelda games versus twin stick controls so i want more companies to embrace the motion control aesthetic
1: when I saw this question posed by Travis, I literally shouted out, amen, because I totally agree with him. So yeah. as I've mentioned in this podcast, I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn, but I didn't get very far in it. And that is the exact reason why I didn't get that far in it, is that I got spoiled by how motion controls work in Zelda. So basically, you use the sticks like you normally would to control Link in the bow, but you can also use the motion controls to kind of fine tune you're you're right. aiming. And so I went to Horizon and thinking, okay, it's a bow game. I've been doing a lot of bow stuff, bow and arrow stuff in Zelda. I'm going to do some bow and arrow action in Horizon facing robots. it would be great. And then I couldn't aim for shit, and it really drove me nuts. And it's not because the controls in Horizon Zero Dawn are bad. I can tell they're very well executed. I'm just used to Zelda and how that works now. It's kind of like... For, it's, I mean, it's not quite as drastic of a comparison, but it's kind of like saying, I'm going to use a BlackBerry versus my iPhone. Like, I had this, like, QWERTY keyboard, but now I have this touchscreen keyboard, and I've gotten used to that. It feels weird going back to this QWERTY keyboard again.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things that it'll take, it takes just a little bit of time to readjust. Yeah, absolutely. But it's weird that i these types of controls are not new. Mm-hmm. Like, Uncharted, Golden Abyss, and Killzone, Mercenary on Vita had that same exact mechanic. Yeah. Where you use the motion control to tilt to fine-tune those controls uh, they've been in, if you've ever played an iPad shooter game mm-hmm. a lot of them use you're tilting your iPad to, to aim and kind of fine-tune those so it's not a new mechanic but it has pretty much only been on handhelds even like in uh, Zelda on 3ds mm-hmm. the the 3d Zelda's on 3ds yep, you, those had you had mean? that same mechanic in it but it's never really come to a traditional console which is weird because they've had motion controls in them for the last Two generations. Yeah.
1: It also, it just, it makes so much sense if you think about it. For me, at least. You ever play like a game when you were a kid, you kind of like lean a little bit to like, to like get something to happen in the game, even though it made no difference whatsoever. It now makes a difference and it feels natural to do that for whatever reason. I could not explain to you why it feels natural to want to like kind of jerk your control around to get things to happen, but it does. I think we've all done it. Does,
0: does a. doesn't Xbox controller have gyroscopes in it?
1: Uh, I could not tell you. I know. I mean, PlayStation has six Yeah, It came out with the, the six axis on
0: PS3, and then obviously the DualShock. The 360 did not. I can tell you
1: that. It. 360 absolutely did not. But I don't know about the Xbox One. I don't know why they would need it, though, because they were relying on the Kinect camera to do all the motion tracking, which could presumably see your controller and know if you were moving it around. So they might not have thought they needed to. Maybe newer controllers. Xbox do?
0: One doesn't. Xbox One controller does not include a gyroscope or an accelerometer. Interesting. That's you know, that's probably why we haven't seen it because it's not a standard. Yeah. Across like obviously. But still, like in a game like, like Horizon something. Zero
1: Dawn, that is a not to yeah. downplay it or d- downplay the game, but like that was a PS4 exclusive. They know yeah. the technology is in there.
0: I wonder if it has to do with the hd rumble or like the gyroscope no it it can't have to because dualshock 4 has to at least have the technology of a vita Mm -hmm. in that controller yeah i don't know i don't know why it isn't more widely adopted i i don't see that's going to be a a very common mechanic for third parties Mm -hmm. if xbox one controllers don't support it but absolutely first parties i think they're going to take a look at zelda and and this is not something new but i think they're going to take a look at zelda and on switch and realize mm-hmm. well dan that action controls pretty well yeah
1: well also this is just how things work is that a developer does something and other developers go oh that's really cool i want to put that in, in my game i'm making right now that'll come out in three years exactly so we might not even see anything like this for a couple years yeah. um to, to go on the point though, of splatoon i actually experimented this after he posed the question with splatoon and i tried playing splatoon without the motion controls using analog only and I hated it so much, I actually forced-quit my match I was in and took it really? took the demerit to, like, switch back. Demerit? God, like you're in first grade again. It was painfully awful when I was used to it. Because I think it was a good comparison because it was the same game I was playing as opposed to comparing two yeah. different games like Horizon and Zelda. It was awful playing without the motion controls. Like, I don't think I will... It's going to be a long time before I enjoy playing twin stick games that don't include this motion control. I'm totally, absolutely spoiled by it. Again, though, I have put over 250 hours into Zelda. So, like, I'm exactly, super, yeah. super, super conditioned to it. for that. Exactly.
0: And then you're putting so little time into anything else that you don't have the time to get used to yeah. that. But it's one of those things that I think undoubtedly it's going to come. It yeah. just makes sense. It's great. You just might suck at your other games for now. That's okay. I
1: already suck at Hellblade. <laughs>
0: yeah i don't i have no idea how you've played that game for so long and only been there were points where i was like just looking things up i'm like all right how do you do this i don't know oh my god uh we only have one other question in here what's that chad what's the most you would pay for a video
1: game that is a good question so i think it depends so obviously 60 dollars is the retail price for most games but That's, like, the, the, standard. This the standard now, yeah. But then you have games that were out before, like Rock Band, that would be, like, $160 because you're buying the drums and and all that kind of stuff. And was that worth it? Yeah, I kind of think Rock Band was worth it at the time because like you if you had a bunch of people over, that game was so much fun. Yeah. So I think it depends on what the value proposition is. Like, am I really gaining something by paying extra for this? But I think another portion of this is going to be the DLC edition on top of it. Am I going to pay $60, right. or am I then going to pay the extra 25 for the season pass? What do you think?
0: Uh, so there's, like, if you look at Battlefront that came out last year or two mm-hmm. years ago, it was 60 bucks for the game, and it was, like, 50 or $60 for the season pass for all of that content. I honestly would love to see a developer say, listen... We have so much stuff. We have the main game, and then we have these DLC packs that we're planning. But those DLC packs are... I would love to have make them as important to the game as the game itself. And say, all right, guys, we're just going to build a super great, super long game. Mm-hmm. Like Witcher 3 or something like that. And say, we believe in the value of this so much that we're just going to build in the cost of that season pass to our game. And I would love to start seeing like $75, $80 games.
1: You would, I would love totally to see that? Buy
0: I would love to see that. So
1: here's here's my 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 problem with that. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. But then it creates the assumption that you're I guess it doesn't entirely create the assumption, but it feels like that creates the assumption that you're saying sixty dollars is gonna get you X amount of time in a game. And if you're spending fifteen dollars more, you're now gonna get this much more time in the game. But the Witcher, as an example, is, like, a multi-hundred-hour game if you really want to go through everything. And Uncharted is, yeah. I think, an equal value proposition, but it's also, like, a, what, 15-hour game?
0: Yeah, I, I guess not necessarily time, more than, like, content and quality. Like, I feel like now we're starting to see things like Destiny come out, yeah. and they're like, hey, and and I think you're making a good point, by like, the way. I'm not, like... yeah. yeah. Uh, you you have the $60 game, and it's good. Mm-hmm. And then we have two 20 to $30 DLC packs. And by the end of that, hey, yeah, this game is actually a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun stuff to it. Like, mm-hmm. that version of Destiny, the complete after you have all of that shit, is a lot more fun to play than the $60 version of Destiny. And I would love to see developers taking chances and saying... All right, we're just going to include all that shit from the beginning, mm-hmm. and we're going to plan to sell our game at a higher price instead. Yeah. That way you don't start out with a bad taste in your mouth and then try to get better, like we were just talking about with No Man's Sky or Mass Effect. You
1: got kind of to broke up with the... At they the... start out on the right foot. You broke up a little bit in there, well, so I didn't couldn't I I hear it, so. what you were saying. Oh, the audience will hear it, but I didn't hear it. So there's what comes to mind immediately is you talked about battlefront and how battlefront handle dlc battlefront 2 yeah. they're charging 60 for the game still they're also making all the dlc in terms of maps at least free right. content if you also look at like arms and splatoon arms and splatoon are getting new content almost every single month in terms of new modes or new weapons that you're you're able to use that's still part of the game but they're not charging extra for that so i think it really depends like right. i think you're making a good point in terms of like we want to keep this kind of going, but that it's it's also kinda like an episodic game almost. It's kinda like I paid sixty dollars for Hitman when that came out on PS4 because I knew I wanted the additional content going forward. I also had the option to pay fifty dollars and just play the first level to see if I wanted yeah. the the remainder of that of that game. And I ended up buying the $60 because I knew I was gonna play all those levels. And I really enjoyed how they kind of slowly rolled out because it let me appreciate each map on its own, because that was the only map I could really play at that time. So I think for a game like Hitman, that's gonna work super, super well. But if you were yeah. to just take like a game like the new Call of Duty game coming out and saying, okay, we're including 10 maps but it's a $100 game because we're going to release new maps like every, you know, a couple of new maps every few months or so. I don't think people yeah. will be on board for that, but with hitman it made a lot of sense. So I think it depends on the kind of game you're talking about. And that's true.
0: I think it also they obviously here's why they won't do it is because that's what keeps people playing their game, looking forward to content releases. Mm-hmm six months down the road yeah you're down the road that's what
1: got me back into playing splatoon for a little while because i'm like i mean Arms for a little bit because it was like oh cool there's a new there's a new character that i can play as i want to test i guess i'm just
0: tired of i would love to i would love to play destiny taken king on day one and pay a hundred dollars for it then pay 60 bucks for destiny wait six months pay 20 bucks for the first expansion wait six months pay 20 bucks i would love to pay just 100 bucks and play that game the first time. I
1: mean, technically, they already ex- which I guess technically you, you could have waited a year and a half to do Or that, well, that because you're just paying sixty bucks for Taken King as well. But it, to that point as well, it's it's kind of like I think what you're talking about is kind of just saying I'm buying the game in the season pass, but now I'm being forced to, to buy the season pass.
0: But I would want I want it all at once. I want someone to say oh, all this content is important to the game as a I'm whole. It's
1: all there from the beginning. You were, I feel like you're saying two things. You're saying that you want... So we'll take Dark Souls 3, right? You you buy Dark Souls 3, and then you get the Ring City DLC, and you get the Ashes of Arendelle DLC as season pass, right? That's how it works right now. But you're saying you want to pay for all those games, all those DLC packs, and get it all on the same exact day. But you also said earlier that you wanted to pay the price for all three of those and get trickled that information over time.
0: No, I don't want that oh, trickle. Oh, okay, I was
1: confused. Okay. Fuck that trickle. Fuck that trickle?
0: No, I want someone to say, hey, listen, we started out with Dark Souls 3, and then we have Ashes of Indario coming up later, but, you know, we decided that adds so much to the game and it's such an important part to the game that we're just going to build that into the core game and then charge more for the core game rather than episodically releasing it later for an extra price. I guess... And I guess maybe people do that already and there's just no way to know because they're not going to tell you, oh, by the way, this part here that you just played, that originally was DLC. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell you that. But I just feel like we see the opposite so much where it's kind of vanilla Mm at first and then it builds on itself that I wish people would take more in making quality games right up You know,
1: I kind of don't have a problem with DLC, but I I do like the idea of I bought this full-fledged. I'm not talking like Hitman style where I get one level. I bought this like full-fledged like Fallout style game. And then over the course of the next year, there's going to be these like, events that occur in the world that are downloaded to my console for free as just part of the experience. Yeah. I actually like that idea a lot. I think it would work very well for open world games and kind of even make them feel a little bit more realistic in the sense that things are just constantly happening and changing in the world. So like if you bought the game six months in, you're playing the game as it is six months in. But you might have missed out on... Yeah. Something that happened in the first six months.
0: That's interesting. Gets people to buy games early or pre-order and things Mm -hmm. like that. Interesting concept. Cool stuff. I wonder if people did... If they had the option to charge $100, $120 at launch, do you think it would encourage people to make more fuller and better games? Like if they're like... I I think we there's, might be talking in circles.
1: No, I, but. I think that there's already pressure on developers for that. Especially when games like Hellblade have come out and said, this is a short mini experience and it's $30. Yeah. That now I think kind of also puts pressure on, although it makes that $30 game more appealing for a small experience, I think it also puts more pressure on that, that $60 game to offer more. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So actually, well, don't just, I'm sorry, I'm going back to NoMask one more time. What we described with a trickle of of content throughout, and you go into the game six months in, as it is six months in, that's No Man's Sky. That's exactly what No Man's Sky is doing. Yeah, except it's not good. It's good. It's better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. So that's been Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Week one, a couple of hiccups in there from week one apart from each yeah, other. Yeah, week one
1: apart from each other. Over FaceTime.
0: We'll get better. We'll. Uh, actually th- minus the crashing, which
1: uh, once I quit a Safari, that worked out very well. So I probably just need to have yeah. Safari out. That worked pretty well. We'll see how the yeah, the audio turns out when it gets all put together, and all that. Thanks everybody yeah. for
0: listening. Bye. Stick with us, and no. we'll be here.
1: I think we're gonna do another one like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, Monday right? or Tuesday. Probably yeah, and a then a weekish from now, then we'll be able to get back on a regular schedule again. This has been a yeah, weird we'll get into week. Regularity.
0: We'll get regular, regular like your period.
1: Or a good. We have been meeting the occasional weekly podcast standard pretty well, though.
0: Yeah, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. That's why we threw that in there. <laughs> Bye, guys.
1: Mm. Okay, thanks. Bye.